In part two of this conversation with Aaron Jackson, Mercedes and Aaron talk about being a young professional, how things have gone so far in career, and where things are going for Aaron in his career. A lot of great insight in this part, so please enjoy this part two with Aaron Jackson. transition to the young professional yeah. part um and the first question how has the start of your career we'll say over the past three years how has it been oh man it it's been interesting right because i spent the last two years of my career in covid right. um so i think the first year it was great um i got my first start my first job uh, AT related job coming out of school in 2019 was I worked for Novacare Rehabilitation uh, through Temple mm-hmm. and I worked with Temple Cheer and Dance. That was my first job. Um, I like when I tell you those are like those are really my babies because those are my first set of kids. Like right. I was just like you know, um, and it was a sport like cheer that I worked previously in the past over the last two years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we ended up. I think we went to nationals that year at UCA and did fairly well. We actually, they lost uh, their game day division by like point something that year. So it was a really tough, but to really see that team gel um, and really come together was beautiful. And, and the amount of access I had at that time, I wish I had, I did more then that I sometimes do now and I have more time. Um, So it was, it was, that was my first job. The coaching staff there, um, Jen and Jenna were great. Um, you know, they really welcomed me in. Um, I kind of got a late start to the year, so I kind of started end of September, beginning of October. Um, I kind of just dove right in. Um, you know, got got on the board with them. They were great. Um, really made sure that I was taken care of. Got me gifts for Christmas, like that type of stuff. So um, when we went out to nationals, they made sure I was taken care of. Yeah. Um, I had a coworker I went with as well. Her name was Allison. She, we were both in the MSK degree at Temple together. So um, we would talk about how we can figure some stuff out. We would bounce stuff off each other's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, then COVID hit, right? Right after we came back, uh, I went on spring break to California, came back from spring, spring break. Uh, that week we came back from school, got a call from one of my professors like, hey, you got to go quarantine. I was like, for what? Like, they was like, because you went to California and the university said you got the quarantine. Okay. <laughs> so I got an early start to, to that COVID lockdown isolation. Um, we started teaching online at the time, um, tradition doing that. So athletic training was basically dead in the water at that point in time because um, cheer was basically done for the year and dance was done for the year. So um, then later that summer, because of COVID, I moved back home to New York. Um, and then I started working at a JUCO, uh, Nassau Community College out there, um, spent a year, about a full school year there, uh, and then went on to the move down here to New Orleans. So, and then I've been like, again, dealing with COVID uh, a little bit. So it's been a rocky start, 
um, you know, to begin. But I will say it's been a start that I, did, I didn't predict um, at all. Um, I predicted a much smoother start and a much more different avenue. Um, I would have never thought that I worked here twice in the three right. years athletic <laughs> trainer. Uh, but I had some of the best experiences thus far working with cheer, um, you know, going to UCA Nationals uh, in 2020. Then this year, help uh, being, an, a, uh, you know, a person who helped this team, you know, the our Xavier cheer team get when their their national championship this year. Um, you know, it was a really humbling moment for me as an athletic trainer to help a team and see a team thrive and win a national championship um my baseball team's doing pretty good now so um just seeing like it's been it's been a lot it's been a lot but I would say it's been rewarding to say the least um you know hopefully you know every athletic trainer has an idea what they want to do for their career um you know I would one day one day want to work basketball professionally so um that's the goal um if I get there I get there if not hey that's God's plan at that point um but it's been it's been a it's been a start it's been a start (laughs) oh I can can imagine because I mean I've never personally worked with chair or dance I mean I've I've had them in my sport responsibility but it contact has been minimal so um I can only imagine what having an entire cheer and or dance or gymnastics um team responsibility can and here's do. and here's what i'll say about working cheer and and this is to really hopefully a lot of young kids that are coming out of school like about to come out of school or whatever you learn i've learned more working cheer than working any other sport right. i've seen more working the injuries that they talk about in the textbooks and the stuff they don't talk about in the textbooks, I have seen working cheer to, for two years. And out of the three years I've that I've been in school, like I've been a, a certified professional. Like people are like, oh, like, and the people are just not like, how do you like cheer? And I'm like, I like it. It's my football, to be honest. Like, wow. it's just like, and, and people act like, people are like, what do you mean by that? I said, I would love you to come to my practice, uh, one practice and ask me, and just sit there and you will understand what I mean by my football kid mm-hmm. girl. These, some of these girls are getting thrown 10, 15 plus feet in the air. Oh. Uh, they're like, they're some of our, you know, stunts are 10 plus feet off. These girls are, our flyers are 10 plus feet off the ground. Right. And then they're getting popped off of that doing a, some type of skill. Come, so yeah, like you want to say, it's like how people head to head in football is the same way. I mean, I had, like I've seen more concussions working cheer than I've seen working football. When I worked in my year working football when I was an undergrad. So um it's it's definitely good. And I think it teaches you a lot about how to manage certain things. It teaches you about like how as an AT you might have to conventionally change up the things mm-hmm. that you might that you were taught how to do um and do them a different way, but still get the same result. Right. Um because cheer most cheer girls don't even know what an athletic trainer is. Right. Like they ain't really know, or they they do have and they had very small interactions with them. So, um, you know, you got to do a lot. Of, I had to lay a lot of groundwork when I got here to Xavier um, with our cheer team and getting them to want to. Some of them didn't want to come in at one point, of and 
I said, I can give you the results if you just work with me. Um, and some of my kids knew what it was. Um, and we got, we, they did the work. And like I said, we, it paid off. So I'll say for any, you know, kids who are about to come out of school, you know, from graduating from that MSAT degree um, in the spring, I said, if there's a job, an internship, and I'm not a huge fan of internships, but there is an internship of you working, um, you know, cheer or and or dance, I would say do it. Like, it'll give you some great groundwork for you to building blocks for your career. Um, you'll get to see a lot. Um, and you'll get to really experience that type of love is different. I, I would say. <laughs> like that type of love from, from, from cheer, cheer kids are different. Like they love, they, they love really hard. Um, and especially when you treat them well, they love really hard. Wow. Um, so I would say just like any team is going to love hard if you treat them good, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you're different, man. We, they, <laughs> different. But I, I, they, they, they're great. So that, that would be my advice to any, any kid coming out. I said, I know you want the football experience. Right. Uh, and that's what a lot of kids say. Yeah, I want the football, football, football. But I said, I get, go work something else first. Go work something else first. Get your feet wet a little bit. Get your skill, hone your skills. Feel good about. And even as year three, if my skills ain't great, you know, like I, that's. And I, t- you know, I try to say this to a lot of like, and I'm a YP, my like early professional myself, but I try to tell a lot of kids who just came out of school, like how you feel is still how I feel. Like I just had a little more, you know, foot in the water, but I still don't know everything. I still sometimes are blown away by something, you know, like. Right. Oh, I might have missed that. And I'm okay with admitting that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the most important important part, you know, coming out of school and, and getting your feet wet. Um, shoot, go work here. Yeah. It'll, it'll throw you for a loop. I'll tell you that for sure. I don't disagree. I don't have that football mindset. Like, that's not the end-all, be-all for me. So, any probably anything except football, rugby. I might say cheer, but that's only because I don't know. But <laughs> I would say, and for any athletic trainer that wants to, and it's another shameless plug, they don't need any shameless plugs, right? Right. But uh, Cheer or Netflix will give you a very good idea as to what my life as an athletic trainer who works Cheer is like. Okay. So, Cheer if on you want, If you ever watch Cheer on Netflix, go watch it, especially season one. Uh, season one really going to give it to you, like how how difficult sometimes it can be uh, for AT that works here. It's not easy for, for sure. Okay. So I'll, I'll put that on my list. I, I haven't seen it. So. James um, James okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to say those plugs, man. I, I get people. I, listen, I'm, I'm at it. We got to get in where we fit in. Right. Like, Okay. I think that kind of brings us to the next question. So with the, you still being within like your early professional career, um, do you feel that you've had the resources or access to the resources that you need to succeed? You know, I feel, and it, I would say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for me, um, and I'm just going to speak on my experience. This is, I'm going to preface that with this. This is my experience. Uh, I'm a big guy. Um, and I think oftentimes my passion gets for things get, gets misconstrued as being aggressive. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a six foot, 
six one foot guy, weigh almost, and I, I'm talking about myself, three hundred pounds, right? Mm-hmm. So my passion for stuff and how I my I'm how passionate I am uh, for stuff sometimes gets misconstrued as being aggressive. So I think some that hasn't been the best, uh, you know start to my career thus far um i think people have you know wrote me off because i am because i come off really passionate um you know i'm not going to hide who i am um and i think a lot of people want me to do that they want me to tone it down i'm gonna tell you this is what you're gonna get uh you can get some i will be i can be very relaxed but i also could be in your face um but i think you know a lot of people when you you interview and you you know you sit down and talk to people the 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 hard the the bass in the voice and all that just comes off a lot and i've i've been through my fair share of interviews with with schools where you can blatantly see hmm. they a little scared i'm like what you ain't gonna be scared about like you know um so i won't say i've always had the advantages mm-hmm. um that some of my other counterparts have always had um, I wish I did because I'd probably be in a different position if I did. Like, sure. I, I would probably be in a way different position. But I, I don't think God. I go shameless plug on God here. I don't think he, he don't do nothing that's not best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the greatest resource I've had is really building community. I think that's been the greatest resource. Um, you know, having athletic trainers who look like me and mm-hmm. are able to relate to what I go through, um, whether that be in the cookout or that be in the think tank, wherever the case may be. Um, I think that's been the greatest resource, finding mentors who I can call at any time of the day and, and walk me through certain things and help me through certain other phases has been the best resource. Yeah. Um, I would say sometimes on the outside of that, um, I haven't had all the resources because sometimes resources aren't given to people that look like me. We just going to keep it stuck. Um, but um, that doesn't mean I won't work my behind off to get, to get to where I want to be. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of resources that, you know, we come out as, as students. Some people just throw us to the wolves, want to throw us to the wolves. And, um, you know, right now I think with the MSAT degree, like a lot of, older ATs and we don't I'm a, I know that one of the questions earlier was you know what can OGs or as we sometimes get them more right. seasoned ATs do for YPs I think stop deterring dreams is yeah. is it stop deterring dreams because you always want to st- what I've seen in the last since I've been in the freshman last three years a lot of a lot of people who've been in the game for a while they deter people's dreams. And I don't get that. I don't understand how, as, what do you determine? Who are you to deter someone's dream? First of all, who are you? Because you got to, you get to live out your dream, right? And you have to, I'm not saying you don't got to, I'm, what I'm not, and I'll, and I'll preface says, says this far I continue. No one is saying that these kids should not have to work hard for what, to get to where they want to be. Right. We're not saying that. But what I'm asking you is to, to give some grace to these kids to, and try to help them understand, hey, you might not like that. And this has happened before. Like, you might not like that, you know, the MSAT degrees here. Right. You might say that some some of these kids coming out in that degree aren't fully ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a, as, a OG, as a seasoned vet, maybe you need the help, 
right? This is your time to be a, maybe be a better preceptor. Maybe actually go be a preceptor, right? Mm-hmm. I think we spend so much time. I think you know some of the older ATs spend so much time complaining instead of helping. I'm like, if you don't like it, help people out, right? Help them be, go volunteer to be a, a preceptor, right? And don't use them as just unpaid labor. Let's just talk about that. And like I said, we, I, I ain't gonna call no, like I said, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> not, not ruffling no feathers, but I do believe on, on calling it what it is. Yeah. Like, I think you gotta stop, as with the training as a whole, we have to, one, talk about pay. We already know pay is a whole, whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. But we gotta sometimes do away with these, some of these internships, because some of the internships are god awful terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're asking kids, and what I'm, what I, what I want people in, positions of power who sit at these seats with admin and stuff. I want you to understand this. The age of the average athletic trainer coming out of school is only getting more increased. You're going to have a tough time finding people to fill positions, intern positions, not and by not paying them anything and then not giving them no type of benefits. Because at the age of 26, you come off your parents' your insurance. Right. It's you by yourself. You solo dolo now. Right. So it's going to be very tough. And I try to tell, you know, people ask me, like, okay, how do we get people to be interned? I said, stop, make it a full time position. Right. Sorry. Like, pay the reason why I know it's like, okay, well, they don't got the experience. Help them get the experience. That's that's your job. That is where you. So I think that is where I think, you know, a lot of seasoned vets can really help us out as YPs is help us get there. You knew how hard it was. I'm not saying that we don't have to work. Right. I think a lot of us want to work and we don't mind working. And mm-hmm. just because your experience doesn't compare to ours, don't mean we still not working. Yes. Don't mean we're not still not grinding the same way. Is that our grind, unfortunately, looks now looks a little bit different, right? Exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things as a wife, as a early professional that I experienced mm-hmm. that's pretty similar to what you know, someone in, in that's a seasoned vet experiences, but they just experience it in a different way and they experience it in a different time, mm-hmm. right? Listen, what's, what's the craziest thing as a, as a young professional, you come into your career, you got to deal with COVID. I got to deal with another war about to kick off again. I got to deal with inflation. I got to deal with all, yes. bro. And I can't, and I can't, as a YP, you're telling me to come take this internship for less than $20,000. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Less than thirty thousand dollars, with no with no benefits. Ooh. Now, if you're if you are a, a a young professional coming about to come into the profession and you have your parents insurance, hey, by all means, do what you do. But I'm talking it about works. the guys that when they came out of school was, and they graduated, they were 26, 27. What happens to those folks, right? But then your your chat, and I think the narrative that a lot of OGs push that oh, just take this, take this job, just no. take. Any- no, I'm not doing that. Why I am I for the sake of what? For this for the sake of my sanity? Yeah. And I think that's where, and this is, and we can we can change this back to the mental health thing. I think that's where a lot of the disconnect is between the young professionals now that's coming out and people that's been in the game for a hot minute is that we prioritize our mental health a little bit better than they did. Yeah. And I think some of the, I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna say that because that's gonna ruffle some feathers. So I <laughs> Um, but I think that's that's just that's just where I think we we as we got to start to uplift, right? Yeah. Instead of tearing down, I think that's the the one thing our profession does really well is that we tear we tear each other down so quick. Mm. 
you know, you know about being on Ace Twitter. Do put a towel over his shoulder. You talking about? Oh man, we can't go with a towel. That's not who's. Do your own. Stay in your lane and run right. your race. Well, if I decide to put a, if I decide to put a towel over my shoulder, who says the towel is not for me to dabble? I'm sweating, maybe. Okay, it gets hot. Oh, if I'm if I'm working an event, per, like like UCA Nationals, I'm working an event like UCA Nationals, and somebody gets a compound like hypothetically a compound fracture, I don't want everybody seeing that, so I'm gonna throw a towel over it. Until I can stabilize it and then do and we get everybody away, you know that's a whole. So I think that is there's a whole lot of people. Are, oh, I don't hold the water bottle. Do you hold the water bottle? I'm like, who cares if you hold the water bottle? Or not? The question is, are you a competent enough athletic trainer to to provide healthcare to the people you got to provide healthcare for? Amen. Yes or no? Regardless of how what you wear, how you wear it, mm-hmm. what tattoos you got or don't got, like everybody got a a a, a complaint about what. So people are supposed to look like or what people are supposed to dress like or what people what 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 accessories people wear when they do blue and clinical practice the question is am i still providing health health uh, quality health care amen the question is probably yes yeah, the answer to that question is probably yes yeah so stop all stop and that's why i say we, we spend so much time tearing people down so like and you know if we start building people up especially like you know i try to do that for like i said i'm only year three so for me, like, I think my job now is like, and I'll be coming up in, I'll be at the end of year three, going next year will be, uh, next school year will be year four. I try to, what I try to do for a lot of people coming out of insights, I try to tell them, you can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. Like, just because your path may be a little unconventional, doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I wish sometimes, because we look up to a lot of these people that are, are doing it already. We look up to it, man. We look up to a lot of these people who look like look like me and you sitting there trying to, hey, we want to get there. I want to get there one day. So shoot, shoot it to me how I can get there. Yeah. Like I'm already busting my behind all the time, but what else do I need to do? What other resources do I need to tap into? What other maybe certifications do I need to get? Like mm-hmm. maybe who do I need to talk to to get this internship for the summertime to maybe work in NFL, maybe work in the NBA, maybe do WNBA. What can I do to get there? And when you and when you get these students and you get young professionals, what I will say, I've talked to a lot of YPs who are in the same fate the year mark as me, and they've done internships and some have been really good and then some have been really bad. Right. But I remember I have a I have a like I mentor I'm a year three and I have a mentee as well like and I talked to her like, but I'm like listen don't let nobody tell you you can't do nothing, like you can do whatever you want to do just it may not be the most comfortable decision you want to make. Right. But you can still make it. So I think that's where where I think our profession really needs to go in terms of pushing people forward, right? We we can't we do so much disservice by telling kids no. Yes. No, you can't do something. And you know what? And that's why we in the athletic training shortage now. Because we tell so many kids no, and what ends up happening, most of these kids say, Hey, well, if you're gonna tell me you know to turn my dream, I'm gonna go become a physical therapist, I'm gonna go become a PA, I'm gonna go do whatever. Nobody's I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm I'm a I'm a shameless plug. Uh, Nexus Sports Med right now and and Jo Sada like AT is not just a stepping stone. It's a valuable career. It is it is probably one of the most rewarding careers if you if you give it if you tell me yep. right. It's not just a stepping stone. So I think you know you we've got to help kids want to stay in it. You got to encourage. We got to encourage like 
we got to we got to constantly and even when stuff go doesn't go and we might not understand it from our perspective because what my experience of three years ago may be completely different from what it is as an MSAT student in a, their program now because their curriculum right. is completely different their curriculum is not right. the same so for me it's like i'm not going to tear you down and say well how can i help you mm-hmm. what can i do to help you get through it what can i help what, what can i do to help push you forward because at the end of the day it don't matter it don't matter if it's white black whatever how can i help you be get to where you want to be what shoot if i could be a reference for you fine i'll do it if i could do this for you fine i'll do it yeah. if it's not jeopardizing my character or my morals i'm gonna probably do it for you you know what i'm saying because that's what it, i think like i feel like that's what it needs to pay it forward i've had a lot i've been very fortunate to have a lot of mentors in my time in my life so far thus thus far who have not only push me, but help me see things differently, help me get to where I am. Like if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like for me, like it's only right that I do the same for other people coming up. And I think that's what we gotta, as a profession, we gotta do too. Like, and my mentors, like, do they group me all the time? Do they tell me when I'm wrong? 100 percent 100 percent Like Dr. Carlita Moore tell me I'm wrong all the time. I call her <laughs> like. Nah, you might be wrong about that. I'm like, okay. I, I'm, and she might break it down in a way where I understand it because she's been right. in the game a little more. Like, you know, if I call Rob and talk to Big Rob, like, Big Rob will help me see maybe he's been in the game for a while. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to help me see it. Maybe I'm not seeing it the same way. And that's fine. But at the same time, what they, they've they been in the game for, Tony, the same way. Like, if, I, if I'm not seeing some, or Dr. Mantle, everybody does it for me. Like, if I'm not, if I'm like, okay, this is what I see. Am I wrong for what I see or am I not seeing it from a different or a certain perspective because I'm blind? There's right. that's two different things. Sometimes I'm not wrong. Right. Sometimes I'm also blinded because I don't see it. I'm, I'm blinded by my own perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that's where mentorship is so important because they help you sometimes take the blinders off, right? Because when we're going through our own situations, we might not, we always sometimes think it's one track. We mm-hmm. might not always yeah. think it's, you know, maybe somebody else going through it. How can we get them through it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. You know, right now, that's that's why I would say any like young professional coming out, if you don't have a mentor, find one, find some and find mentors that honestly you might not always align with. Right. I will say too. Like there's there's sometimes or some of my mentor will challenge me on stuff. They be like, Well, this is have you thought about it this way? Like, and and that's that's the best way for me to I think to navigate as a young professional. And that, that's why I would say I've been so I've been so blessed. To have mentors like that, to have mentors like Rob, Larry, uh, Dr. Mansell, um, you know, Dr. Moore. I, I Listen, I have at least about five that I at least go, can call at any time. Exactly. Like, hey, this, is what, this is what's going on. How can I work it out? And I'll probably get a different answer and a different perspective from each one. Exactly. Because they all sit in different seats. So it's different, right? They all might, they all might have been in the game for a while. Well, I might even go like I'm a shameless plug Sierra too, because Sierra be helping me out too. Like I'll be like, I'll hear her, I'll be like, yo. <laughs> she be like, she like, bro, what's going on? I'm like, and we'll sit there and talk, chop it up for an hour or two. I'm like, okay, am I seeing this the right way? Same thing for her. Like, and I think that's the part that that of the profession I love love the most. I love the community. Like yes. because community is important because that's what keeps you afloat. Like you know, when you feel like you're on an island by yourself, sometimes when you're on an island by yourself, sometimes you, all you want to do is just nothing. Exactly. 
you just feel like it's just you. And sometimes it's not always just you by yourself. There's a lot of people going through it as well. So, you know, just share that experience, share that load with them and they'll help you see it differently or help you navigate it. I always say like, you know, in another shame, in like my shameless plug, but I'll tell, you know, you know, any professional, the young professional that's about to transition into the profession is again, find you a mentor mm-hmm. or a couple of mentors, maybe some that are not in, they might be in different settings than you, right? Mm-hmm. It might not be in the setting that you want to work in. Right. Like, shoot, I got two that work in education. I got another one that works in high school. I got another one at a D3 college. I got another one at a, at a, at a, at a D1. Like, so don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit, get you, because then you get a better perspective of how you can navigate it and a better perspective that can help you or easier or easy, a perspective that helps you navigate that process easier that you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta struggle. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's, that's really what it comes. I think that's where, you know, I think one of the questions was about mentorship. So I kind of think I just I tackled that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I think that's what for us about, man. I really hope like that our profession really starts to change in the next like couple of years because, um, you know, we got so many good good people out here mm-hmm. that are leaving the profession because we can't get support. Yep. Or we can't get, you know, we struggle here and there. You know, I, I would say for me as a, and, and I'll talk about my experience is growing up, I didn't see a lot of ATs that looked like me, right? I would say the first the first AT I ever saw, and I didn't even know he was an athletic trainer at the time, um, first AT I ever saw was uh, Roger Hines for the New York Knicks. Um, I was a new, I'm a new, I'm from New, I'm from Queens. I'm a big basketball fan, big New York Knicks fan. And when I was growing up, I didn't even know what I, what that Roger Hines was. Athlete. I was like, oh, he's just there on the sideline. I don't know who really does. Right. Um, but then when I started getting, I'm like, yo, Roger Hines was really the first black AT I saw. And then after him was Ronnie Barnes, right? Um, and then from there. I slowly started seeing a few more people like Scotty Patton. I saw him. He was with the Saints for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't see really like when I was like 2013, like I didn't really see a lot. Right. But now fast forward to 2020, I'm seeing a, a lot. Right. We've seen a lot more people that look like me that I shoot. I can achieve that dream because they, they can get there. Right. You know, you're seeing. We got three black women. We talking about it before we got got on. Three, you got three black women in the NFL right now. We about to we about to have more, one hundred percent. Because right now, and I'm, and this is just a, where where our profession. I think a question on there is where our profession is going in the next ten years or five. five yeah, I was like that. It's the next one. All right, here's where I see our profession going. Right, our profession will be, and you can, they can agree with me, disagree. I don't really care. Our profession will be, will be led by women. 100 percent our profession will 100 percent be led by women as a whole i'm talking about from nata down to border like from the entire strategic alliance up and even at any level you go to you're going to start seeing women become head athletic trainers a woman become directors more more women and women of color becoming director of sports medicine head athletic trainers mm-hmm. in, in the profession in professional setting and the collegiate setting that's what you're going to start to see like that's where our profession is going the profession is it's the time now is for women. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not a woman. I can't, but I'm telling you where it's going to go. Okay. And people are like, yo, AJ, you might be like, little, little. no, that's where it's going. Because okay. it is there. I was, it's there. We're, we're seeing the start. We're seeing it. 
we're seeing the fruits of a lot of, but in the next couple of years, I will guarantee you will see a woman become a head athletic trainer for a professional. No, because that already happened. There's already a woman that's already become a head a director of sports, man, head athletic trainer for the Portland Trailblazers. So I'll take that back. But in NFL, we're going to start to see some women become the in the head role. I Amen. guarantee. Amen. That's, where, that's where, that's one of the where we already have a woman sitting at the helm of NHCA right now. But we're going to start to see more women become in these prominent positions in athletic training. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them sitting at, like, I'm talking about, I'm telling you, and we're going to start seeing it, and people are going to be like, oh, my God. Like, that's where, that is where our profession is going. Yes. Also, I think our profession is going to, like, just be, hopefully our pay increases. I hope, I hope, right? Because oh. the next, in the next five to 10 years, if that don't happen, it's going to be a real tough time to get athletic schools in the door and you're going in, in the clinical setting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about in the academic setting because yeah. <clears throat> I'm talking about in the clinical setting. You're going to find a very tough time finding athletic trainers who wouldn't want to work for not a lot of money. Exactly. So, um, but, you know, I think we are, I believe, and I'm going to go back to what my previous point, women are great leaders. I, I can't, I can't honestly say that. I would say that I've, under the time that I've been in, in my career as a, as a student, mm-hmm. as a, I've been in leadership roles. I've been in lots of them, oh, tons of them, right? <laughs> but what I will say is that when I watch women as leaders, what I see is they just have the innate responsibility to lead. They do. And this may be unconventional for a lot of people and i can care less if you feel like my thought process is unconventional but it's true we 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 want to boil it down to where our where where our society is going Mm -hmm. it is led by the woman and it should be because they're better at it and i will and like i said i've been at listen i've been in in positions but i've also seen how much better women handle the game Mm, they, they mm. just know sometimes they just know they'll have and they and this is what i would say too i hope we our our profession stops becoming so wait should i say let me say the thing should i say this <laughs> let me think before i say this oh man it's making me a little nervous no but i i hope i i think we have to stop doing the women in our, in our profession such a disservice oh i, I changed i changed my language okay we have to stop doing them such a big disservice Mm-hmm. You have to stop putting through so much hell and high water to get the same thing that we that I, me as a man can get easy, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, we talk about gender equality, right? Equity, oh. right? Those are those are big things. Where if our profession really as a whole started to really start to sit down and figure it out, Ew. you would see that it's bad, right? And it's like, well, where do I? You got to. We got at some point the tide has got to start to change, right? We got to stop. You got to start making it harder for a woman who is just as qualified, even more qualified, overqualified for a job that's getting the buck passes. Not saying that that person who get the job ain't it, ain't right. doing it. Maybe yeah. they, you know, but hey, we we compare resumes. Mm. She she been in the game a little longer. She been doing it a, a lot better. So then why is she not getting her opportunity to shine? Right? Mm. I think that's that for me begs a lot of. You know, like it, for me, it begs a lot because it says, well, like, I don't believe 
entrusting a woman to lead? The question mm-hmm. is why not? That's my overarching question is why not? Drop, drop the mic. Drop the mic. I, that's that that's where it is. That's the profession. That's if you because you know, and I was thinking about the question like beforehand, but I was like, you know, it was as before when you sent me the list, I was like, where's the profession going? I'm like, I know pay is gonna go up there in a bit, but I'm like, what about and then as we were talking, I was like, it's it's gonna be women, man. It's gonna it's gonna be. I don't. And I wouldn't care. Like, and I mean, like, I don't care. I'm gonna support that job because I know what they do. Like, exactly. I know how good they, good they are at it. Like, when you witness it for yourself mm-hmm. and see people who have sat in those seats, like, and I'm gonna give another shameless plug again to my to my to my alma mater, like Stonebridge University. Like, my program director at the time was one of the very first women to become a head athletic trainer for a, D, a Division One university. Period. Shout out to Kathy, big K as we like to call her, right? Like so, hey, shameless plug, mm-hmm. right? She she did it, right? I see women in leading pro as program director. Shout out to Dr. Mansell, program director at Temple. Amen. Majority, majority if we keep it in the stack, majority of the professors at Temple are women. Oh, uh, that's wow, wow. Come on, like yeah. in are not athletic training department. The majority of them at Temple were women. Yes, and pretty and darn right good if, if we be honest. Some some of the best. Some of the most smartest people I know. Woo! Woo. You know, like I sit down and talk about we never go to clinical athletics. Some of the smartest women I some people I know are women. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that smartest, smart, like you sit down and talk to them, they be like, yeah, you drop, drop gems. I wow. Like, like crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, until we start as a profession, start, start, we start tapping into that area a little more and start cultivating. And that's the word I want to use cultivating mm-hmm. women in athletic training and start giving them their, excuse me, their fair shot. Once we start seeing that, man, oh man, man, oh man. Life is going to change. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. I mean, you know, like we, there's, there's so many women in athletic training now who I see, and I'm like, yo, you killing the game right now, bro. Like you are killing it, like killing it. Yeah. You know, I, and me, you know, we know a lot of them that's killing it. Yeah. But even outside our little niche and group that we know mm-hmm. okay, that's killing it, killing right. it. And they look like us. I'm like, bro, they killing the game right now. Like, amen. Thank you. Yes, y'all kill it. Killing it. So like I said, that, that's why I really think, aside from salary, I think those are, those are really the two things for me where I see our profession going in the next, like, five or ten years. Okay. Uh, really, and honestly, so, and I see that every level, right? State, we see it at the district level, at the national level, the district level, state level, you're going to start seeing, and there's a lot of women that lead at the state level. Amen. Shout out, uh-huh. Dr. DeCesaro. All right, shout out you. You need that, eat that deep district two, eat that chair. Come on now. <laughs> I ain't gonna I ain't, listen, I ain't gonna I was gonna do that, but I was like, throw it in there. You know? I, I think that's what's important, right? You know, highlighting the women who are out really out here killing the game. Like, so for me, like I think that's where you know, hey, if I get an opportunity to be head somewhere, I'm gonna take it. But right. if there's somebody more qual a woman that's more qualified, but let her I don't mind following under sound leadership, regardless of it's a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that people gotta understand. You take yourself out of it, you take your opinions out of it, 
sound leadership is important, regardless if it's a, if it's a man at the helm or a woman at the helm. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like that's that's what it is for me. So like you can be, you know, people like, oh my God, well he and I know people gonna watch it and be like, well, he might be, he might be, oh, he he's doing a little too. Nah, I'm oh, not. No, nah. I'm saying what a lot of us feel. Exactly. I'm saying and what a lot it. of us feel, but just uh, sometimes are afraid to say, and I'm not nah, one I'm person sure. that's not afraid to say. So we ain't gonna say it, period. I'm gonna say it. It so, is what it is. It's what it is. I'm wow. Yeah. I, I mean. Okay, I'm I'm here for it. We we touched on a lot for just two questions, but it, it answered enough. Um, the next question: What advice would you give to yourself as a young athletic trainer? Be patient. Be patient. Oh, that's patient. a good one. Um, and I and I mean that in every single aspect of the profession, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to job. Yes, looking for jobs um be patient the right job will come along um if you just give it some time you be patient you're gonna have to interview sometimes you're not gonna hear back um that and then also telling myself that just because you don't hear back is not a knock on you as a clinician um you know sometimes we apply for jobs that we want you're like dang i just want to interview i want to get my foot there for an interview but i know if i get an interview i can i can at least get myself to being like a, a candidate right i find a candidate um, but I will say is that if you don't hear a no, if you don't hear anything, you hear radio silence or you hear a no, mm-hmm. that does not val- devalue who you are as an athletic trainer. Right. Um, cause sometimes they, people just looking for certain things mm-hmm. and there's been, like, again, there's been plenty of opportunities that I put my name in the hat for <clears throat> where people come back and said, Hey, you were great. We were just looking for something, something specific, like, they said the reason why we didn't give you a call because you just didn't fit the criteria that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I remember I put in for um because I want to work basketball. I put in for early early in my career, I put in for a women's basketball job at a, a mid-major D1. Um and um someone told me to apply for it, threw my name in the hat, gave me a good recommendation, all that. Um, I never heard back. Mm. And a couple weeks after time had passed um i got a call person called me he's like hey like just let you know the reason why you never got an interview is because we were looking for a woman to fill the job Mm. your resume was great they said we got your recommendations were flawless like they loved you like Mm -hmm. they couldn't have anything better positive we were just looking for this is what we were looking for and i said okay i'm i'm not even gonna hold it against you because there was nothing wrong like that's just what you were looking for at the time um so I think that that's a big component is just letting, you know, reminding yourself that be patient, um, you know, remember who you are as an AC, remember what you bring to the table, um, remember your value and what you want and what you want out of a job um, and out of your career too. Like, so um, if you can remember those couple things and, and re- I think also remember that every battle does not need to be fought mm. is another uh thing i have to constantly remind myself even now mm-hmm. uh, but i would definitely tell my younger self even before getting into athletic and not every battle is worth being fought because yes. um, some battles are intended for you to lose mm-hmm. they're intended for you to lose and if you realize that their the intent is for you to lose them so that you learn something like the point is it every and i always say and i was saying this to a friend of mine the other day so every let every blessing is tied to a lesson 
So until you until you learn the lesson, you're not going to get the blessing, unfortunately. That's just how it works. Um, and, you know, if you can remember those things, like, I remember, I forgot who told me, what mentor of mine told me this, but they told me that. It was like, every battle don't need to be fought. You need to, you don't need to spend your energy fighting that battle because it's a battle you're probably going to lose. Mm. And I said, okay. And then sometimes you, you the, the pride, the, your pride says, dang, I don't want to lose. I, I, what do you mean I'm going to lose? I don't lose. And then you still end up losing because you chose, chose to fuck when you could have just bowed out. You save yourself a lot of headaches when you don't have to, when you don't have to go through certain things. So mm-hmm. for me, um, it's it's uh, really really about those kind of things I mentioned patience, um, you know value personal value, uh, professional value another thing as well and then just remembering that like not every like I said not everything is worth the battle you got to oh. pick and choose what you want. So I'm, I'm gonna take some of that advice too because I I probably just uh, I need reminders sometimes. Well, we all do. We all do. <laughs> We all do. Uh, listen, and I'm not, and I try to, and I tell the people this: like, you will never be perfect. Chasing perfection does not exist. Like, you know, people will say practice makes perfect. No, it makes improvement. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make. It's not. You don't. There's no such thing as perfection. Right. No one could ever be perfect. Mm-hmm. Even if you get a hundred tests, that don't mean you're perfect. No. That just means you knew information very well. And right? then you have to put it into practice. And then you got to put it into practice. So I think that's why I always try to, another thing I try to remind myself is, and I tell my athletes all the time, perfection doesn't exist. I don't need you to be perfect. What I need you to do is give me effort. If you can give me effort, I'm fine. Yes. And people are like, what you mean? Like, I said, stop asking your, and this is, I'll, before I move on to the next question, stop asking your athlete to be, to, to be perfect or Mm. to something. Ask them to give you 100% effort in that thing you're asking them to do if you if they can do that they win the day i'm cool with it wow if you can come and i tell my other time i don't need you to be perfect like, i need to be good at this i said who's telling you, you need to be perfect at this who's telling you that perfection even exists right so you're telling yourself this narrative and i'm telling you i don't need you to be perfect mm-hmm. when you step into these four walls of this atrium don't perfection does not exist right. so leave perfection at the door if that's what you choose to try to do but when you come into this, to this facility, remember, I need you to give me effort. Yeah. Intentional effort. That's the, the big, people can give you effort, but the question is the effort intentional. Intentional right? effort. Intentional effort is a big thing. So that's why I try to tell my, my people, my, my patients and my athletes all the time is give me, give me a hundred percent intentional effort and it will be fine. Wow. And anything that you do, just be intentional and just give yeah. effort. And then yeah. you reap the rewards when you do those two things. So. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. So I try to be a little, a little shameless. I'm a lot older. I'm a lot older up here than, than what I, than what I am on. Uh, and that's on fine. So. And it's working out. It is. And, you know, people always ask me, like, my kids always joke, joke around, like, they always ask me how old I am. And I would tell them how old I am. They'd be like, what? Like, you <laughs> Like when I first started at my job at Xavier, um, one of my kids thought I was 34. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoo, take a pause. Not that old, not that old. Um, not that old. Wow. Like, you're, you're aging me very, very much right now. But, um, wow. but I realized it came from a place because they were hearing something 
and they were they respected me like I was older. Mm-hmm. Right? They knew I wasn't. Some of them knew I wasn't that far away from them in age, but right. it was the respecting because of how usually what I say and how the intent of what I say. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, and I tell them all the time, like give maximal effort. Yeah. Right. It was the beginning of the year, one of the things I was telling my cheer team was, if you want to be champions, you have to have a champion mindset. Mm. You got to. Right. If you want to be the goal of the year is to be national champions, right? Be and I can go back and talk about this now, but we would talk. I would say every time I would talk to them after, after like practice, before practice, after practice, I would say, Y'all tell me, y'all tell me what y'all goal is for the year. That's not going to dictate the level of healthcare I give you, but mm-hmm. that's going to dictate the level of intensity I give you and holding you accountable sometimes. Right. Right. You tell me our goal is to do national championship at the end of the year. Guess what? I'm going to hold you to that to that. Mm. But in order to get there, you have to have a championship mindset. You have to, right? Mm. So they be like, and I always remind them, like, championship mindset. Mm-hmm. You got to get into it now. You got to feed into it. And they would ask me sometimes at the beginning, in the midway point of the year, they were like, hey, do you think we're going to win? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I just don't think, and I told them sometimes, I said, and I say certain things to light fire into people. Not that I don't believe in them. Because you're not giving me the effort that it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of national ch- conference championship teams that went to went to nationals and done well. I, I've been I've been a part of that before, mm-hmm. right? So I know what it takes. The question is, are you going to show me what it takes? Right. You show me a level of intensity, level of effort, the level of dedication that it takes to get there, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's not an easy road, right? It's a, it's a very hard road, actually. Yes question is are you are you prepared to walk down that road and you know i would say the end of the year they 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 lived up to it right they won national championship they lived up to it Uh they said hey we're gonna go and win i said okay i said i i'm you telling me i said y'all gotta show me that y'all would have been said i I could believe in y'all i do believe in y'all but y'all gotta tell show me say stop i don't need to stop telling me believe it in yourself first right it's the self-belief I already got, listen, I've been to the summit before. I've been there. <laughs> In my personal life, I have, I've been a part of championship winning teams before. So right. I've been there. I want y'all to get there. I want y'all to push that boundary and get there. Cause I know how bad y'all want it and how much I worked y'all behind on to get it. Yes. So let's go. And I push them. Like I said, I will push you to, I will continuously push people. I said, you might not want me to push you, but I'm going to do it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, regardless if you get the result. And, and here's this, I would say there's, there's greater lessons in the, res, in the process than the result. Yes. Because it's the process that really makes who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not the result, right? Let me say, okay, well, I had to put, and we talk about to me, me applying to jobs, right? I had during COVID when I, when, when I was trying to find a job, I applied to maybe like 40 jobs, mm. barely heard back from anybody. And then even this year, before I got a job at Austin, I applied to like 20, 20 places. Ain't heard back from me. I said, bro, this is not. But I said, and I ended up getting the result of working, coming here, going down to New Orleans. But it was a process that had taught me so much, right? It was a process that taught me the self-value. It was a process that taught me how to how to advocate for myself and and what I wanted in my out of the job I went to. Mm-hmm. And it's that that's that's what the process taught me. So I think sometimes we got to tell our athletes that too, right? And we got to model that, right? Yeah. And I getting back to modeling behavior because our athletes are sponges. They are still very young, mm-hmm. right? We deal with 
Our patient population is between the ages of 18 and 24. Yeah. Your frontal lobe has not fully developed until you're about 25, 26, 27. Uh, so there's still a lot that needs to be tr- transformed and learned mm-hmm. at, 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 the, at our age group. Like you can't, I, I can tell you, I've had kids who I've interacted with for a half a semester. I can, and they made a 360 just like that from the look they have right. because they, they, they start seeing it. They model, but you, you model the behavior that, right. And I'll say this, as an athlete or trainer, if you want your athletes to be on time, you have to be on time. Hey. Oh, well, my athletes don't show up on time. Well, what are, do you show up on time? Is your right? So, because we told and I told them earlier, like if I want the level of intent with my warm up, maybe I have to be out there giving intensity to my kids too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but if you're just eh, lollygagging sometimes, and it, I had it happen too, where I'm like, and eh, maybe I'm you know taking a little longer doing some stuff, and maybe I get caught up in in doing some stuff because life happens as an athletic trainer, we know that. Right. But I notice a level of intensity when I'm present, or if I take my time getting out there because I got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Or if, sometimes if I'm not there at all, if I'm at another practice or whatever, I know what the level of intensity looks like because I hear about it. Mm-hmm. I hear about my kids. Like, oh, well, practice was not good today. Mm-hmm. No, why not? Because uh, intensity was down. Like we we wow. have it. We have it today. We weren't all there mentally, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes we we gotta we once we start challenging, especially our older um, athletes and our older patients, we start challenging them and try to change their minds because they're about to get out and go to the real world. Right. So we sometimes I spend a lot of my time as a uh, as an athlete trainer talking to my, my seniors. Actually, like I spend a lot of time talking to them because they're about to go. They're about to they don't have they about to the bubble of college is about to burst. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, how do we how do I get you ready? Right. Real. Yeah, you about to graduate. But how do I get you ready but to yeah. graduate is one thing to start to excel is another thing. So I think for me, like. That's what I spend a lot of my time. Like, let's get you ready to go out and, and to be a force, like, to go accomplish the dreams that you set out for yourself, regardless if you're going to go take a gap year and then go do something else after that. Or you just are you going straight to school after that? Let's 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 attack this. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, like that's that's kind of what it boils down to for me as an athletic trainer and the whole nine. And honestly, I learned that from mentors and people who precept some preceptors. Um and some athletes, too. Some of my athletes, my athletes are my greatest teacher. Ooh, amen. If you if you let them teach you, they will. Mm-hmm. Right? You say, and they'll say to you, oh, you've been my great, like, you taught me a lot. Or you helped me through a lot. But, man, you don't know how much you helped me. Right. And I think ev- everybody at some point has to be, you have, li- lifelong learning is something everybody, I think, has to get to. Um, and I know we, we, we've been on here for a hot second, but... Um, <laughs> But I think life, and, and that's the thing too, like lifelong learning is so important, yes. right? Because our profession constantly changes, mm. constantly changes. We already see how, how quickly it can change, right? Drop of a dime, all, all athletic programs are shut down. Mm. We had to figure out how to get our stuff back up, right? Um, so I think that is a, being a lifelong learner, not being afraid to ch- change your ideas and thought processes about something mm-hmm. to fit the time that we in, right? We know that, and this is a great, great point. Like people are like, oh, I don't use ice anymore. Okay, ice is uh, all right. Okay, all right. Research does this. My, my clinical practice says that I don't use. Okay, fine. Do what works for you, but understand that you had to change your mindset to that. Like at one point, 
every athletic trainer that I knew was slapping ice on everything. Yes. But it, it, that was, and that was a, a tough transition, but we made the transition to that, right? Every athletic trainer at one point was like, well, I don't want this inside degree to happen. Well, it's here. What do we do with that? How do we change our mindset to to fig, to to encourage and uplift that type of program, right? Because we're saying, well, our kids may not be getting the best of hands-on experience like they did when they when it was bachelors or when it was an intern. Hey, we, people, a lot of AT said the same thing when inter, when when we went from internship to curriculum. So gotta adjust. We, we gotta we gotta change with the times. We gotta be okay with the you know just developing and being okay with changing like there's no wrong with changing like every you should change every day honestly yes if we talk so and i use this perfect analogy about change right when you look at a plant and you sow a seed right every day that plant changes every single day every day it changes every single day you 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 know you start i put the seed in soil water down a little bit from day one day zero that plant, that every day, it changes every day. Yep. It never stays the same. No. No matter, no matter the conditions that it's under, it'll always change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it may, it may, it may, you know, have a little moment there where it's not growing. Right. It may be stagnant, but it's still changing. Right. Just because something's not growing don't mean it's not changing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think some people in this thing about athletic training too just because you're not and i'll a lot of young you know young kids but just because you don't get the job that you want to come go get outside right when you first finish school mm-hmm. don't mean you can't still be an athletic trainer right right don't mean that and does just, just because you start here don't mean you can't get here mm-hmm. right i will always say that i remember and this part stuck with me a lot when i heard this tiffany morton from uh the kennedy city chiefs she was on a zoom call one time with a whole bunch of people from the think tank. And uh, it was like a pro. We did like a pro a professional sport Zoom call. And I remember she said, it's funny how people thought think that you can't go, you can't you can't get to where you want to get because it's because you at one point. She mm-hmm. said, I was at high school when I got the call to come to the Chiefs at the full time. Mm-hmm. I said, wow. Hmm. I said, and you, and you try to tell me you can't get no, I said, no, nah, bro, you can get wherever you want to get. It's the question is, what is my level of intent to get there? What is my effort to get there? What do I got to put in the work? Don't be, and like I said, don't be afraid. And I try to tell a lot of, I tell my mentee all the time, like, don't be afraid to put in the work. I say, it's a grind. You're going to get through it. Just like I got through it. Just how somebody got through it before you. Um, and we're going to make it work. I said, that's, that's how you build success in this profession, unfortunately. But I think it's also about, you know, the continual uplift and of the young people, because the young people are going to drive the profession going forward. Yes. We're gonna take this, we're gonna take this job over and we're gonna try to make it better. Indeed. That's the goal. I think that's the goal of Not how it's always been done. We gotta it, you can't you can't listen. I always say the definition of insanity Ooh. is doing the same thing and trying to get a different result. Ooh. So that means that in athletic training, we've always done stuff pretty much the same way, right? Always done it the same way, and we continue to get the same result. Right. We continue to get the result of, well, coaches don't respect that. We can't get our, some of our ADs. No, it's not everybody's case. I'll preface that. But as a total, you talk to a lot of athletic trainers. My coach disrespects me. Parents disrespect me. Mm. ADs disrespect me. Well, 
some so we're we're my pay is low. I'm working crazy hours for low pay. Inc- incredible. Couldn't be. Listen, I'm telling you, at some point you want to say, can't be me. Okay. We got it. And I appreciate and I appreciate this what and this is why our profession is is starting to change because we're starting to say, I'm tired mm-hmm. of the same old, same old. I'm going to change my situation. And mm-hmm. a lot of athletes, what I've noticed recently within this course during COVID, a lot of athletic trainers say, you know what? If you're not going to do something for me, I'm going to stop doing it for you and I'm going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. I know so many ATs that have said career change, stayed in athletic training, but done flip went to like the clinic outside of athletic training. So I, shoot, I can go work nine to five, make the same money you making mm-hmm. and have weekends off. She and have and have can do multiple vacations when I want to. Yeah, of course. Nah. I know at least three athletic trainers have done that in this last year. Mm-hmm. They said, listen, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna make, and I can make more more money doing a little having a better work-life balance, having better mental health. Why not? Yeah. So I think for me, like that's what we're starting to see, right? We're starting to see be like, hey, I love you, mm-hmm. but it's ain't like and I think the hurt the, the hurtful part because we it hurts so much because we feel like we're leaving our kids behind, right? right. That's why we never want to leave sometimes. Right. Right. I'm like, dang, bro. Like, I remember when I was at Temple, like, and I didn't want to leave here. I was like, I want to go back, I want to go back, go back. I was hurt when I had to leave because I was like, I had developed such a relationship, but I had to start reminding, like, when I got to this point in my life, I said, relationships don't stop just because you're not there physically. Mm-hmm. Especially because a lot of my friends now live in New York and I don't live down here in New Orleans. Right. A lot of our, we, we, FaceTime, you know. So a lot of my kids, I tell them, I live. even if I decide to leave and go somewhere else, just know the phone still work. Exactly. Pick up the phone and call. So I think, yeah, like I said, that's that's really what you know, athletic training and in, in a nutshell. I mean, we talked about mental health earlier, but mm-hmm. I really think our profession is is on the right tracks of improving and and making some monumental strides in how we think about things and how we go about getting the outcomes you want to get um mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i think you know there's still a lot of work to do um you know volunteer work i, I just ended up volunteering for a position just recently so mm-hmm. uh, you know for me it's like how can we continue to push our you know our people forward our, our young professionals for like i'm in that again that early professional commit range um you know ca- career advancement is like six seven to twelve i think it is mm-hmm. so um, you know, how can we as an early professional committee keep people in the, you know, that's my thought process now is like, okay, I'm, I'm halfway in it at this point between that zero to six. How do I, how, how do I keep people like me in it? Because right now a lot of people want to leave. Yeah. So how do I keep them in it invested? Um, and it's hopefully trying to, trying to build, build relationships with people that we can start to, a lot of us can start to collaborate with each other actually in, in the professional setting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about clinically wise, like, shoot, like not saying that, like, I gotta, I'm gonna pick my friend from here, but if I know you bring something valuable to the table yes. that is needed in my, in my program, I'm gonna bring you here and we're mm-hmm. going to make sure that we're going to make sure that our pro, my program thrives because at the end of the day, yes, the goal is for us to keep kids healthy 100%, but the goal is also to send kids out of here better than what they came in at. Mm-hmm. So if we can, and some kids might only last a year. Yeah. Hey, but the goal, if the goal is to get the, to make them better than what they came in as, it don't matter how long they did. 
So no matter how long they're there. So I think that's the important about collaborating with each other and and, mm-hmm. and hopefully we get to see some work with people who like, hey, we were colleagues, we were, you know, friends on Twitter and now we're working with each other. Right. Okay. And, we, and we got a powerhouse of a program. I believe in building powerhouses. Like that's like eventually one day I hope to be a part of a powerhouse program. Like a power a program who we do it all. Like there's nothing we can't do because everybody on this team provides this amount of value mm-hmm. that you can't find nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Like we're, you're, you're gonna want to come. We're gonna you're gonna be, like I want to be a part of a program. Hopefully, be at the helm of the program. If I'm not, I'm okay with that. But be a part of a program, or be helping, or be leading a program that is becomes a powerhouse. That like you look at my staff and you say, "Hey, they got some heavy hitters on my like this staff." It's like, no matter the sport, we got heavy hitters every single sport. Yes. Like, that's the type of program I want to eventually build. You know, one of my goals as in my career is to be a head athletic trainer and direct sports by one day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my goal is to be to build a powerhouse program. Like, yes. to like when people say, when you hear my program, you're going to be like, dang, yeah, they do it different up there. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, we're not going to be perfect. Of course. It exist, but we're going to make sure that when our athletes come in, this building, they're taking care of every single which way we can. They, we're going to make sure that ATs have a work-life balance, right? Mm-hmm. That we know that our athletic trainers, whether it's man, like if a man, like a guy, one of my male staff members has a, and this is the, and I don't want to mention this, but I think it's important. I think it's important, right? For, uh, you know, we talk about one of the things we talked about earlier was where's our profession going? And I hope our profession is going to the stage of that every, that, we start help really pushing forward, helping each other out, right? Yeah. Like, hey, like, yo, when somebody got to go on maternity leave, maternity leave, somebody, we we, we can pick up the slack because mm-hmm. we got it like that. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. we can make sure that like, hey, if somebody got to come help out with here until this person come back, we make it work. I think that's where I want to see my program at. Well, where uh, I don't need my male staff member worrying about a job when he got to just got to have a kid or my, mm-hmm. or my, See, my woman's staff the same way. Like you just had a baby, you should take your time to rest and be with your child, right? And cover it, and then come back to make sure that you, to come back before. Because I expect you to be better. Mm-hmm. I expect you. To, I expect you to be. In my my expectation for my staff in the future, I always talk about. I believe it's about affirming what you want in your mm-hmm. in life. My staff in the future is about we we can hold each other accountable when we're right. We right. hold each other accountable when we're wrong. But we can also make sure we're there for each other to support each other, you know, have to, no matter what. Um, and I think to do that, you got to have like-minded people that all want it the same, all have the same goals in the market. What is your philosophy? We can have different philosophies on treatment and rehab. I'm fine with that. But if the goal at the end of the day is to make sure the athlete is performing at their best ability and their mental health is taken care of. Yes. Cool. I don't need to hover over you. Just let's make sure we get. Let's make sure our program does what it needs do we need to do so yes. that's that's where i that's where i see uh hopefully in my life in my career i see yes. my, my as a profession but um yeah like i said i love this profession man um you know i i thought about leaving a couple times especially during covid I, like, <laughs> but I think really getting back into clinical practice this year um you know and really diving a little bit deeper, I I just I had a newfound love for mm-hmm. for the profession and trying to get back get back involved um, on the the state level and the district level. So yeah, you know that's that's where we at. That's Period. Where we at. 
I'm I'm here for it. Um, you mentioned it a little bit, but uh -huh. as an AT and your role, how mm -hmm. do you take care of yourself? I'm a big like routine person. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I have to like, you know, we know as ATs, our life is crazy, which are especially when we're in season. Right. Um, for me, like I had a tough transition when I started working here to like finding out what my self-care looked like. I mean, my, me and my therapist talking about like, she's like, what does your self-care look like? And I think for me, I try to at least give myself one off day if I can. Yeah. Um, and then that off days, I don't do, try to do nothing work-related. Yeah. try to go grocery shopping. I try to, um, and then every day when I try to I have a routine every day where like I wake up in the morning, try to get some, if, if I'm going to eat at home, then I eat when I, before I leave. Um, but I'll do my self-care, my, my morning routine, which is make my bed, um, do my facial routine, do that, get ready for work, sit at my desk, you know, think a little bit about the day, uh, you know, take my vitamins and stuff. I head out the door and that's the start of my day. As long as I could do that every day, mm -hmm. I'm pretty much good. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much good. So um, if I, I think upcoming, I would love to have a dog as part of my oh. self-care, yeah. give me a little, a little pup, um, you know, as, as at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's really what I do to kind of take care of myself mm -hmm. uh, because I realize you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. um, and because even if you're trying to pour from an empty cup, it's just air. So, um, you know, I had to learn that the hard way, especially early in the, the fall semester. Mm -hmm. Like I was working like crazy. I did a stretch of like 18 days straight. And I was just like, and I just came like, a. I feel like I was a statue. I was like, I can't, I, can't, yep. I came to work one day and I was just stuck. Like, just like I just sat at my desk all day. Like, I had re I did my rehabs that I had to do. I got but after that I just sat there. Mm. I was like, I need to go home. So I just let I don't know leaving a little early that day. Then the next day I took a day off, um, just to recharge mm -hmm. and try to like you know tap back into feeling like getting back to myself because you know it can be a lot. Especially you know like I told you start show I've been on the road the past four weekends. Like I'm like, I miss my bed. I'm like I just want to wake up on <laughs> bed um, because usually we I'm leave. But Wednesday, Thursday, we don't come back to late Sunday morning. So, like, mm -hmm. for me, it's like, Lord Jesus, let me just be in my bed for a little bit. But um, <laughs> but other than that, I think that's really kind of how I try to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I try to hang out with some friends when, I'm, when I have the time. Yes. Um, Mardi Gras down here just happened. So went out to experience that for a little bit with some friends. You know, going out to eat with like one of my friends, she's in uh nursing school down here. So when she has a crazy schedule like I do, so we just try right. to get together when we can and um, you know, do do that type of stuff. Um, and I call my friends a lot. Like we me and my friends talk a lot. Like I try to at least talk <clears throat> to majority majority of my friends at least once a week on the phone, um, chat it up with them, uh just talk about life and what they're doing, what I'm doing. Um, they like, oh, when you gonna move back home? I'm like, uh, uh who knows? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much kind of what I do in terms of taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, my athletes do a pretty good job of like, like doing a great, I would say doing a great job of holding me down too. Right. Uh, because they were like, hey, are you off today? You good? Like, I'd be like, dang, bro, you ain't got to call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I remember what's on my alley one day. She was like, she said, she said, AJ, what's up? I said, what's going on? And she was like, she said, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, she's like, something off. I'm like, I'm like, we're not doing this right now. You're not. <laughs> Just as much as you're tipping. Yeah, so they so they they do a great job of like holding me accountable and mm-hmm. helping me out. Um, and you know that I think that's in therapy another thing too. Like that's a big thing that um, you know, kind of gets me charged up for the day. I try to do that like once a month. Yeah. Um, and just trying to you know talk about a few things and what what's to come and. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that so yeah that's pretty much what i do to kind of take care of myself uh, yeah it's good at least you're doing something you recognize it those around you can recognize it and keep you on track so i think that's important whereas you know a lot of times we get caught up in the hustle and bustle and we do put ourselves on the back burner but Mm -hmm. taking the time to do what we need to do to get ourselves together tighten up a little bit i know and I, I'd like to try to remind people, like, listen, don't be like me. I, I didn't recognize it in the past where I was just like, ooh, letting myself go. But now, don't be like me. Make sure you're taking care of yourself as you take care of others. Exactly. Like, and like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So re- recharge yourself. Recharge. Got to plug the Tesla back into the wall sometime. <laughs> yes, because they popping up. Yes. That is exactly, that's the perfect analogy for the time we live in. Got to plug the Tesla back up, man. Woo! It, I mean, we know you don't need no gas right now. Uh, must be nice. Oh, Jesus. Talk about gas. Talk about gas, Lord. Like, oh, help us all. We, it's going to work out. We got it. We moving forward. Um, <laughs> if you could change or eliminate one thing, whether that's a modality, a common practice mindset, whatever, in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Um, I'm gonna probably catch some 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 OGs gonna want catch some heat for this one too. That's fine. Us as YPs don't gotta go through the same thing you went through. Mm, amen. That's it. We don't gotta go through the same thing. Just to get we we don't gotta like I always say we don't gotta go through hell and high water too, like. I believe in helping people climb, climb at, climb as you climb. Put yeah. somebody in the kitchen, right? Um, and if you can do that, I feel like that's important. So we don't got to, like, our, the next generation shouldn't have to go through the same thing that the previous generation did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we should leave it in, the, like, I hopefully by the time I leave the profession, I left it in better hands than what I came into it with. Right. So um, that's kind of one thing I wish to eliminate, like, common practice-wise, because that's I feel like that's a common practice. Yeah. Uh, Modality wise, man, I'm I'm a, I'm a modality buff. I love modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wouldn't see anything I would eliminate modality wise because I okay. think everything plays a, plays a role and it's necessary, especially when you know sometimes combining modalities together really does does the trick. So, modality wise, I wouldn't say I wouldn't change much, but mm-hmm. that common practice, I would say the that you need to struggle because I struggle. Right, right. And I I think that makes sense. And it just popped in my head. It would be the same concept of those that are parents. You don't want your child to struggle the way that you did or have to go through whatever you went through. You want to make it better for them. So I think that's a that's a good little way to put it for people like 
do you want your child to go through what you went through or you want it to be not necessarily easier, but better? I think it's important that we still learn the same lessons. Yeah. Yes. But don't mean I got to go through the hell and high water to learn that lesson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that's the important part that I think a lot of people miss. I'm not negating that we that we don't still as us as YPs still need to learn lessons because we yeah. do. But if we can still if we can learn them without going through the turmoil and the, mm -hmm. and the, the pain and the struggle, why not? I I believe in listen. If I can make it easier, if I can teach you, help you learn a lesson, mm -hmm. right? Without <laughs> eliminating the the pain that came with it, I'm, I'm gonna try. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. you know, a lot of some people say that pain is your best teacher, and unfortunately, I, I I'm, I'm saying some cases yes, some cases no. Right. But if I can if I can help you learn an idea or develop an idea differently without all the, the pain and the struggle, mm -hmm. why not? So I think that's that's our responsibility for the next generation that's coming up yes. is to help them through it. Um, you know, help them develop skills like when like I be, I believe in there's no such thing as I suck at something. Yeah, is my belief is that my I'm still developing. Like mm -hmm. as as a YP, you first come out of school, like you go, you gonna be developing, bro. Like right. it's it's cats in the game that have been doing this twenty years. It's, it's still developing, right? And they develop it in a different aspect, but they're still developing. So I think that's the important thing to to remember, um, and really to kind of answer that question to really kind of negate that common practice of I got since you struggle since I struggled, I, you got to struggle too. Mm, I don't do that. Yeah, that's not what we're gonna do. No. Um, so the final question: what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Man, I think I, I touched on this earlier. Uh I think imp impacting lives. I think that's what it really means to me. Uh impacting lives in you know in different capacities. Um, given, you know, but I think it also giving giving a voice to the voiceless as well, mm -hmm. right? I think sometimes our athletes have a voice, but don't have a voice. So, um, you know, cause they, you know, they might not all coach might not always respect what the athlete might say and, you know, they might express some things, but I think when we can convey what our athletes are going through, especially if it's a collective thing or even if it's an individual thing, we can kind of help them out a little bit. Um, and, you know, help make their lives easier, make our lives easier. So I think that's really our, our I think that's what, what the profession means to me is yes. impact, 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 impact. So mm -hmm. if I can do that mm -hmm. on a given day, I know I did my job right. Yes, period. Walk in your purpose. That's, Go. that's all you need to do. And I think if you're walking in your purpose, you feel fulfilled. Like you don't need all those extras and you're doing what you're supposed to do or what you feel that you are called to do. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. So you need. Wow. Wow. I, you dropped a lot of gems today, AJ. And I, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate our conversation. Oh, and man. I learned some things and I like to really just be quiet when I'm hosting yeah. or whatever, just to really listen and see people's perspectives. Like you yeah. said, like I, I have my own viewpoints. I mean, we kind of share some viewpoints, mm -hmm. but just to hear somebody else's perspective on things, it it helps me because it helps me to change not only as a person, but it also helps me to change as an athletic trainer because I I don't do everything perfectly. Like I say, I tell my patients all the time, I don't know everything. So 
if I can take the time to learn from somebody else, then that's helping me and it's helping them. So yep. I thank you for this. Oh, time. thank you for having me, man. No this problem. Is it anything that we did not discuss? No, I think we covered a yeah, we covered a lot, man. We covered a lot. I hit on I'm a I'm a as as people joke around me because I was raised in the church, so I'm like a right. bishop. I just I go on tangents. Yeah, I tell you, I was I tell you, I'll tell you uh I won't be before you long and be before you long. So, <laughs> I think I think we we definitely covered a lot mm-hmm. um, today. And I think really like a lot of stuff that I've been sitting on, like we just started talking about some stuff today and a lot mm-hmm. of things that I've been thinking about. Um, in terms of career, in terms of professional-wise, like, uh, you know, I got to say, and I'm hoping that really, um, you know, people who watch this episode, they really get to, they get something out of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll I'll shameless, I'll say this, like, for any, you know, young professional, or even if you're not a young professional, you want to chat or talk, um, I'm I'm more than welcome. Um, As you can see, I love talking. Um, but you know, if you ever need, you know, especially as I know a lot of the young people that are coming into the, into the profession, if you need any advice, uh, that I can help you out with, um, just let me know, man, I'll, I'll do what I can, or even connect you to somebody that can, that can do it better. Um, cause I don't know everything and I'm still pretty young in the game too, but I can at least put you on to somebody that can probably help you out a little bit. So, um, Yeah, so that's really it. I ain't got nothing else, you know. Okay. How how can people reach you? Um, um say, where do you want people to reach you? I would say the best way to reach me is probably on Twitter. I'll be on it a lot usually. So <laughs> the best way, uh, I think my Twitter handle is AK Jackson underscore ATC. I believe that's it. Um um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to you shoot me a DM, follow okay. me. Um, you know, I think that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. And then from there, if we need to, if you can't do that, then, uh, I guess we'll figure something out. We'll figure something yes, out. Yes. Yes. We can definitely figure it out. And I will look up your exact Twitter handle so we can put it in the comment. It sounds right. I, All right. Listen, right. don't give me the lion, but <laughs> I, don't I think that, that sounds like about it. Sounds like it about does. It. So we, we will put that in the description for the episode so that people can contact you should they want to further have conversations, whatever the case may yeah. be. And hopefully, you know, we can do what we need to do to push you forward. Like and I appreciate that. Like I said, okay. I, I'm 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 excited, like you know, where our profession is going and I, I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any way I can help, you know, us get there. I think mm-hmm. that's what, that's what it means. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to just say thank you again. And um, I'm excited for the people to listen, watch, whatever the case may be. Like, I'm a little nervous though, but I'm excited though. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you for listening to this part one of our recording with Aaron Jackson. We'll have part two out next week. Uh, a lot more information about young professionals starting off career. We're really looking forward to getting that one out as well. If 
you're interested or willing to help, we are offering our Throw a Lifeline program where we are helping to fund and then crowdsourcing any other funding to help athletic trainers get the supplies they need to take care of those that they serve. I look forward to speaking with you next episode.